Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. This episode is brought to you by Biltwell. They make custom motorcycle parts and accessories that will make your project easier and more fun. So go check them out if you got something you're building. It's worth your time. And they also make the Bonanza, the Gringo S, and the Lane Splitter helmets, which I know we all like looking cool. And you can check that off the list with those helmets, but you can also be safe with them, which must be the hardest thing in the world to do because there aren't a lot of helmet makers that have figured that out yet on these guys' level anyway. So go check them out. Vintage style and today's technology style plus substance equals built well. Thank you, built well. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Dad Grass. This is really great grass, not made by your dad, but by some really bright characters somewhere who make it with the finest 100% organic hemp flower. This has trace amounts of THC. It is primarily CBD, which is why I love it, because I don't have to spin out on THC, and I can smoke one of these and it just relaxes me. And I don't smoke cigarettes, I don't like tobacco or nicotine, none of that's in there. Just good old-fashioned CBD. Dadgrass. What's their slogan? I like it, I'm looking on the box here. Oh, found it. Just a classic recipe that keeps your soul light and your head right. Thanks, Dadgrass. I'm going to smoke one right now. Also brought to you today by Tellison. I love these guys. Pete and Tony in San Francisco, they are punk rock about the way they handle style and denim. No frills, no embellishments, just quality. They've been supporting me for a long time, and if you've been following me around on my journeys, you know that. We have a a jean that um, we design together that I wear every day, and I love it. In the shop, on the bike, work with boots, you know, everything you ever wanted out of it. I can't thank them enough. So if you've been thinking about getting anything off the Telson website, they're offering 20% off site-wide this week. Just enter promo code BLUEBAH, B-L-U-B-A-U-G-H. Telson, I love you guys. Thank you. Okay. Woo! Here we go. Gentlemen, gentle ladies, ladies and gentlemen, allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Todd Bluebaugh, and you're listening to the first episode of the Blue Toddcast. I'm a writer and a photographer, and I work in film. Storytelling is my passion. Motorcycles are another great passion of mine, and what I seek to do with the Blue Toddcast is bring these two things together and tell some stories, because I just know too damn many interesting people who deserve it. And I live in a place that is an intersection for these characters. Be it on a bike or off a bike, they all seem to roll through here, and I'm in a perfect opportunity to bring it to the table and to introduce you to some of them. My first episode, I'm going to be talking to Austin Sherbanyenko, who is one of the most interesting thinkers and hustlers I have ever met since the first conversation we had. A long time ago. You know what? That is... So, the first time we met was when I lived in Seattle, Washington. 
And Austin had a clothing line called Odenbach. And if you were around back in the day, you remember probably the awesome motorcycle jackets and vests that they made. And I always wanted one. And I got one. And I still wear it. Even though Odenbach is something, uh, is just one of the many things Austin has brought to the table. I can't even keep up with the guy. He's always hustling. But he lives out here now. How's that for a ride? Full circle. We are neighbors in the middle of the Mojave Desert, and we didn't even keep in contact with each other for all that time, aside from a few motorcycle rides and events. And we just both followed our noses. Somehow, we ended up out here. And I'm so lucky to to have him and his family in my life every day. So he's going to kick it off. We talk about a ride that we did leaving from here in the Mojave. We went and met up with our buddy Al who put a ride together with a great group of guys and girls in the Kern River Valley. So we had some river fun, jumping off some cliffs, swimming in some water, climbing some mountains, crawling through some caves. Just everything you would ever want to do in a weekend, we did. And that's why we moved out here. And my wife just walked in the door, and she's laughing at me. But that's okay. This is the first episode, and I do it in my house. Get out of here. Um, Okay, what else did we talk about? Oh, you know what? We talked about uh, cannabis, cannabinoids. And I know that's a tricky topic because it's not totally legal in all of the country. It is here in California, though. We also talk about the use of psychedelics. And I know that that is concerning and um, scary to some people and it's medicinal to others so keep an open mind but I'd also like to say actually on that topic that if you are a young mind a developing mind I do not recommend any of those activities be responsible take care of yourself wait that's what I did yeah so listen to your uncle Todd and be responsible Uh, what else am I forgetting Oh, the music in this podcast you're going to hear is from my dear friend and uh, the writer of the soundtrack of my life, <laughs> uh, Rocco DeLuca. And Rocco, thank you so much for your contribution, and I'm going to get you on this podcast as soon as you have a break in your crazy musical schedule. Okay, I can't wait any longer. If I forgot anything, I forgot it. Here we go. Buckle up. Austin Serenyenko. Sounds good over here. We're back. Back at it again. With Austin. Sherbin- I know how to spell your last name. Is it <laughs> Sherbinenko? Sherbinenko. Ukrainian. Ukrainian. It's really like Charbinenko. Charbinenko. Yeah, like something like that. Like, well, I, I just met this little Ukrainian girl at a, a little desert rave on Fourth um, of July. Uh huh. And she was like, oh, oh, Austin Sherbinenko. Oh, she nailed it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you can say it better <laughs> oh, than me. That's I was like, is I that how you say my name? name? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Do we know what we're going to talk about? Well, yes. I just want to know what happens when you die. <laughs> 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 how about that ride? Oh, uh, so good. I think it was my first trip since having a child on the bike and camping welcome back thank you that's uh that's a hell of a an re-entry <laughs> it was amazing your actually. bike sounded pretty good the whole time 
It ran really good. Thanks to you helping me get the clutch back in order. You gave a little TLC. Yeah. And your uh, transmission shifting okay now? Yeah, it felt nice. It might need a little oil now. Mm, mine too. But, uh, yeah, I feel like it had been running the best it's ever ran, honestly. That's a good feeling. I think I've been riding it for so long uh, unattended. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's, you know, around here we're like, let's go into the park at sunset. And mm. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then my bike just sits there and I do other things and mm. never tend to it. And it, then we actually got some things done. I was just like, wow, this thing actually rides smooth when it works good. Sometimes it takes a long trip to get you back in the game. Yeah, totally. Because when you're riding between here and Dairy Queen once a week, there's no real reason to take a deep dive, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I don't get the gratification out of maintaining my bike like I used to. I'll say that right now. Some people might not like to hear that, but I really am pretty immersed in photography and, and film and uh, and now podcasting. Podcasting. This time. That the motorcycle maintenance I really enjoy for a particular reason, but I don't aspire to be a bike builder. I aspire to be a bike rider and... Uh, not until I get a big trip do I really want to work on my bike anymore. Are you going to do another book? Yes, I am. I'm working on a second book right now. Nice. It's called Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Yes. Like a deer or like a letter to deer? Ooh, that's a good question because we could do a play on words. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord of Deers. The Lord of Deers. And if you've ever lived in the Midwest, you know that motorcycles and deers do not mix. Did you ever have one of those little whistles on your bike? No, I never had a whistle. I had a friend that split one in half in front of me one time, and he had a whistle on his bike. Ugh. And I just thought they don't work. So I, I didn't do one after that. He got skin graft. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. I'm li- I've am i been looking for a, a, a guy named Lord for two and a half years. Really? Uh, every trip that I've taken since then has been trying to find him in one way or another and track him down or meet people who know who he is. Do you know who he is? Uh, yes, I do. I know... I know enough about him now through the people that I've met that I have a, a grasp of, of who he is and where he comes from. And I don't want to ruin it. I can't ruin it too much, okay. but I, w- I will tell you this. He has one of the greatest pieces of American folklore I've ever heard. You know who this is. Everyone, everyone knows who this guy is. Hmm. If it's true, if the stories I've heard about him are true, and there is one legal document that is out there. If I find him, I know he's in possession of it. It could prove his whole story. His whole story? Yes. The story of who he is. Okay. And you've heard of him. Trust me. Okay. On a biblical scale. Huh. Pun intended. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'll well, be the waiting. problem, this COVID thing is like, he's old. You know, I met him on the road. Uh, when Snake and I got separated on 66, actually Snake was on the 40 and I was on 66 and Snake got a flat tire and I had to dip down to get gas and meet him, meet back up with him. And we crossed paths at a gas station and he was on a really particularly interesting motorcycle that we got talking about. And he's been on that motorcycle since 1970 and the person that bought him from, from for him, it was a gift, is legendary. 
And he's just been on the road ever since. He's been on the road. He's been. He lives on the road. Damn. Mm-hmm. So you got to find him on the road. I got to find him on the road, and that's when we split ways. I was like, "Hey, man, how do I find you? Like, I I got to know more about this story." And he's like, "Hey, I'm just a character of chance. You just got to take a chance and find me." Damn. I'm like, I'll do it. Do you know anyone that knows him? I've met people who recognize the picture, and more so have worked on his bike. And, um, but sadly, so, god damn it, here's the hard part. We're now in this pandemic. He's at the age where he's the most fragile for this whole thing. Mm. And all of his homies that were his contacts uh, or that identified him are dead now that mm. I had. And that just happened this year. There's a guy in San Francisco that recognized the bike, that knew that he had a pattern and stayed up north for certain months and would bring his bike in if he needed something or needed parts. He just died probably like two months ago. Damn. And then there was this this guy. Oh God, all right. Let me backtrack. <laughs> because part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast is about this character that I'm going to talk about right now, whose name is... His name, people knew him as Fuzzy around here. Uh, he goes back as Raunchy Pat a long way, very long way, back to uh, the straight Satan's days. Um, but he was one of the original club personalities in Venice back in the heyday. And he's been living out here a long time. He found Snake and I. He would come around. We had fantastic conversations and got to be really good friends over the, probably the last five years. Mm. And Fuzzy's given me some amazing photographs. He was a concert manager in the heyday of rock and roll and did all the big concerts and promotions. And that's what this other character, Lord, did. And when I showed Fuzzy a picture of Lord, he goes, I recognize that guy from Canada in this year. He's like, I bet I could track him down. Sadly, Fuzzy just passed away uh. this year. And I was out there, that container in my yard. My container was getting that delivered that day. And I took my phone out to record a video of the container being dropped. And I didn't kill the video. And I left my phone on record. And it zapped my battery like that. And then all of a sudden my phone rang and I pulled it out. And my light's blinking like it's going to die. And I see this fuzzy's number. And I'm like, fuck, the phone's going to die. And it died. Uh -huh. I called back the next day and his son answered and I'm like Dylan and he, he, I go said fuzzy he's like Todd I'm like Dylan what's wrong and he goes dad's gone he tried to call you yesterday <sighs> I missed his fucking call because my phone died shit because I didn't turn the phone down so I've been beating myself up for a while and it's it's guys like fuzzy who I really want to include in this podcast who have an amazing story which is also what this next book is about and kind of catch these guys before these stories are gone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go ahead and dedicate this first podcast to Raunchy Pat and um, all those guys who got good stories who uh, they should be told. From the road. From the road, who I love very much and lived and died for this thing that we really enjoyed doing. You ever see my tattoos on my shins? Open road. Open road, baby. Dude, that's really good. Did you give those to yourself? I did. You're lucky you spelled them right. First day I hung Upside out with down. Carly. Oh, wow. Her, her roommate had a little tattoo again. <laughs> that's a great memorial there. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> Not memorial. What would you put to call that? Uh, 
an heirloom. My our heirloom. Ta- our tattoos heirlooms. Sure. Dude, did we drink all the LaCroix? I still oh, I'm not done with mine yet. Mm. Passion fruit. So open road, Austin, Sherbanyanko. Yeah. I actually started it as a uh, manufacturing company. So the entity was called Open Road Manufacturing. I like that. Yeah. Didn't last long. Did you trademark it? Uh, it was in LLC for a little while and then I just ghosted everything. Can I have it? Sure. I might use it. Yeah, take it. I'm going to have it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, take it. If someone else already doesn't have it, I don't know. Good talk. There you have it. I'm I'm trademarking it right now. Open road. Open road. TR. TR. Oh, TM, I guess. Is it TM or TR that's on the list? Or it's the R with the circles registered. TM's trademark. Open road, trademark, R with circle. Registered. Registered. Registered trademark. Mm. (laughs) However, the little character is that'll cost me ten thousand dollars <sighs> so uh yeah. where are we going next where are we going next or where have we just been we, we just went that? to kern river uh-huh. for uh owl boys run just a little quick one i think he's kind of in the same boat as me with kids you and l are are in the same boat yeah right now. he super dads yeah super dads he's got three kids he is a suit. He's no longer just a dude with a kid and a wife. Now he's, he's a dude with a kid and a wife and a kid and a kid. He, he's got a couple kids. He's got a couple kids. He's got, yeah, uh, we all, you know, our boy came, came around early when Ryan Grossman lived in the warehouse. He had a little iron head, but it's cool. Al's, Al was in the whole fashion world too. Was he? Yeah, he was working for like, uh, I think that Denim Brand Rising Sun. And then he started Blackboard Cafe and was making like repop Harley shirts and stripey shirts. I remember. Yeah, that. doing all the yeah the the knitted stuff. So um, we kind of connected early on on like fashion nerdy shit. But uh, he didn't go on too many rides back then. He was more just into like the culture and the vibe of it. He actually like, hated going on rides and being around people. <laughs> and now Look how far he's now going. he's got kids and now he's like riding. Like the other day, I was like, "Damn, Al, you never used to ride." He's like, "I know now." I'd Love it. He has been <laughs> on it this year like He's no been on other. It. I, yeah. And his his energy's been really high. Thank you, Al, for yeah, thank organizing you for that, right? this ride and everything. And I'm gonna get you on here. Oh, we we did go camping actually when he took a couple people from Redlands through Big Bear around. We went out to Giant Rock. Yeah, we went to Giant Rock. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We, we did, didn't end up riding though. No, but we did some mushrooms. No, we did. We, we rode did around here. We rode around here, they ate and then we went to uh, chases chases Magdas. and then um we did the circle then we all were like let's still go camp there yeah so we just drove yeah which yeah. was still awesome we had a little fire under giant rock it was awesome that was a fun it's good to like connect with people again you know we live in a really good loop here this distance between the civilized world over the mountains and here can totally. be a really interesting ride if you want it to be yeah yeah we're lucky, Austin. Did we tell people where we are? No. We're not going to tell you where we are. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> We're they'll in a honeypot. They'll know soon enough. That's why we moved out here, though. It's like, look, the, there's you really have to be creative to live out here full time. And the last thing I think any of us want to do, and I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon or anything, but <laughs> I don't want L.A. prices to come out here yeah. and price me out of my own neighborhood. And that's why 
you know, we left the city and the shop. And that was a seven-year run with Snake and I. Dude, we put everything we had into the yeah. shop. But it's just the city is changing so much that we don't ride motorcycles there yeah. anymore. It's uh, just dangerous. Yeah. And it just doesn't, unless you're in Malibu or in the, and the hills there, which no one can really afford to be, um, you're just on shitty, shitty, bouncy roads. Yeah. And it is Traffic, fun. stoplights. And it's, it, the danger makes it really fun. And that's when I, I have to snap out of it. Yeah. When you're splitting lanes and in the groove and you're like, fuck, this is really. There was a prime time in LA when Dugan had the top yeah. spot and you guys didn't have the bottom yet. Yeah. When like Shreddy was out here and we were going, no one had kids yet. No, it was brand just new. Just Dugan. Yeah, just Dugan. But, <laughs> but they, were, uh, they were... Did you live in LA at that time? No, I was in Seattle, remember? Oh, okay. I was in Seattle and that's how we met when you came through Seattle. Yeah. What were you doing there? Uh, I had a trunk show at Blackbird. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that was that was 2012. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Because Carly went with me. Yeah. Secretly. <laughs> and then uh, I had been, I think I had met um, Tom and... Dallin. Dallin. That's when we Maybe met. at Born Free the year before. Okay. So they saw I was going up there and they rode over to where I was. Um no, I did not have a trunk show. Carly had a meeting with Nordstrom, and Nordstrom's based out of Seattle. Yes, and I, I tagged along, and then I went to to Blackbird, who's a store I used to sell. Um, Nicole Miller, and they they were like, "Oh, we're gonna ride over and see you." So they just came over and said, "What up?" And then like, "Come to the shop." You can Dallin's like, "You can ride my Panhead." He had a Triumph, I think. Another like, he had a Norton. Yeah, he had a Norton, yeah. a little spare bike. Yeah. And so we went to Tom Jones little wood shop in downtown Seattle. Uh-huh. And I rode uh Dallin's Panhead around. And then I met you. But I also knew of you before through my friend Lance Hacker who worked at K2 as a snowboard team manager. Yeah, I remember Lance for a while. Lance is awesome. was yeah. Yeah, still is awesome, yeah, I'm sure. Awesome. Um that's interesting. Okay, cuz that piece it together. I met you that night in Georgetown. Yeah, you, I was bar. living in Georgetown. You came down to the nine pound and, and that's Is that the underground one kinda? Um no. Nine pound is floor level, but that's where we always used to drink. On the road. On the left. I don't know. <laughs> the, not, you have to understand Georgetown is all bars. Oh, okay. So you probably yeah, no parked at one and drank yeah. at three. Yeah, totally. That's that's how it used to be. That neighborhood historically has really fascinating uh, kind of journal of motorcycle history. Hmm. Uh, all the clubs had their clubhouses down there back in the day. Georgetown. In Georgetown. And there was an old shop on the corner. Was, there were a number of shops actually throughout the years, but um, it was just cheap industrial living. Yeah. It's it's kind of like what Snake and I were doing with the Chun, but every little, little, uh, club had one of those down there for a while sick and those were still there when i moved there and slowly you know that that neighborhood gets gentrified as it do and everybody gets pushed out but it was a good run what kind of clubs are in seattle uh there was the magic wheels which was the the brothers club it was awesome they had the, the loudest fucking 
biggest stereo systems on their bikes and lights and they would roll 24 inch front wheel oh dude they had so much style they would roll through so hard their parties were so much fun um the Cretans had a club there um their clubhouse was my favorite actually it was underneath the viaduct which brought its own kind of ambiance and then uh the hell's angels had an outfit there uh lucky I think had ran that, and then he left for a while. Um, who else was down there? There was another club for a while, and then Twin Line had the shop. So you you visited the shop, right? You visited yeah, yeah. Twin Line. That was two point Our original shop was in Georgetown, mm-hmm. and then we moved over into um, you know that closer to downtown yeah. there. But that was a good run. We yeah. did a, we did a lot indoors throughout the year. Everybody still rode, but it was it was miserable and rainy and wet. Yeah. So my was looking at California. Northwest, right? Northwest, typical Northwest. It's so pretty. Well, <laughs> we were we were looking at you guys all year round, like, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing? Yeah, yeah. And all of us ended up moving here, except basically for Tom and Dallin, um, who I hope don't. Did remember. Dennis move down here Dennis for a little moved, bit? He moved to Portland. Dennis doesn't like hot weather. Yeah. He, he we I met him that trip too. Yeah. But I knew of him through Slave Maid. Yeah. Texas Dennis. <clears> what up, Dennis? One of a kind, man. He's got uh, like a Impala or something. Had a lot of fun with Dennis and yeah. He taught me so much. That guy I mean er, early on teacher. getting into motorcycles, you know, there was like so little of anything you could find, you know. Like I went to the first born free. Yeah, that's amazing. But like, you know, a few years before that, like I didn't you couldn't find anything on the internet really, you know, it was like, uh, DVR or, um, DVR, um, EDR, LDR, I met Ryan Grossman on that ride, um, 2010 or so. But the only thing on the internet was like, maybe, you know, Jeff from Church of Choppers. There were a couple blogs. That was the Texas Dennis had his thing. Yeah. Um, no, Maybe Max 4Q or something, but there was like minimal things yeah. to see and look around. But Dennis was one of the first ones that I was like, "This dude's sick. He's got hella parts. He's got all these old tanks, you know." So much style, you know, like yeah, style for days. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then now there's just everything. I mean, there's so many websites that you can buy chopper parts now. Like I was just trying to buy new tires and like. I have a V twin account still through Odenbach, <laughs> you know, so I get dealer costs on whatever. Let's but make a the list. dealer cost <laughs> was actually it, it costs more for tires than just getting it through some other website. Right. So I like got it through some other website and I was like, yeah, V twins like kind of not obsolete, but no, there's a lot of really, it was more with the discount than a, something else. There's a lot of really clever guys that took advantage <clears> of. of the uh lack of <laughs> availability and made some really awesome choices yeah because they can get v2 accounts yeah. buy the you know straight legs and wishbone frames and star hubs and wheels and just like all the random things that you'd build to build bikes or buy to build bikes dude just like ordering pre-made weld on bungs yeah that are ready to go saves you so much time yeah totally and they lowbrow and built well stuff. And they're just like, oh, you know what? People can use this. Let's throw yeah. that out there. Add to cart. Done. I just fucking. I mean, for people that just have a little little booger shooting welder. Yeah. 
Just put on a little seat bung or springs and don't even little need a, things. Don't even need a drill press. Yeah. There There's a couple go. of parts I had bought and like that back in the day. It but. makes it, it makes it fun. I mean, it's open. It's blown open the doors for a lot of people. I'm not really one of those elitists that says don't come join the party. I'm. I think there's a, there's ne- it's necessary to have those guys in the scene that are kind of like the untouchable Brando dudes that <laughs> make it cool and and a, and like kind of unachievable. I'm I'm kind of like more of the guy that's like come along, you know, everybody can do anything. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. all good. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying it ta- it takes all types. Yeah, it takes. All I types. mean it, it's also at a point I think like it's just grown like anything else you know like when skateboarding first started it was like you know only a few people or dogtown style and kind of a little rebellious and and badass i mean same thing like this it's like we're just at a time where like i think every everything in terms of like history is repeating itself it's like vintage clothing people wanting to go back to that it's like the whole biker thing you know well this looking at the old biker and club stuff is like inspiring and tom fugel and you know it's like oh that's the shit right there it's like that's what we were like not trying to emulate but just like well yeah you know i'll say it it's true though i mean i i I love what you're doing because you add a completely different twist even to the fashion and you're not repeating anything you're taking what what's been done respectfully and adapting it to something people haven't seen yet yeah which is awesome but i still get really fired up if i nail it like if i'm putting something together and it like hit it hits on lines yeah for sure when i was really into it of course like i had all the little trinkets and whatnot and you know you did what i could to get my knucklehead and yeah but like now it's just my bike and i don't really look at it the way i did before yeah you know I, I'm pa- I'm past I'm past a few of those hangups now, but it does fire me up to see those like fugal files or uh, yeah. you know that old. Do you know who's running that? Yes, I reached out <clears throat> to him. I made a comment. I think I forget, and we connected. But it's a photo- he's a photographer out of uh, somewhere in the Midwest, Chicago, maybe. I can't, okay. I can't remember. Whoever whoever runs fugal files, if you come across this reintroduce yourself so um, it's not somebody that had bought a bunch of memorabilia i don't know how he gets it or, there was somebody like that oh that that is uh outlaw our our archives maybe yeah i don't i'm not sure yeah or there's a lot of drama around that one there, there might be i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> chopper Razzi drama I'll probably not touch on that <clears throat> one but i i i find the fugal file i, I knew tom though so i yeah. like i really enjoy seeing what he no it's done really well yeah i uh i have a tom fugel sissy bar yes you do signed signed it and uh i posted i think a photo the other day of from the trip and then the um a photo of the bike that fugel files posted with the sissy bar on it from like 78 yeah i saw that that was awesome and he was like cool thanks oh he did he commented Yeah, yeah 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 so uh what was your Oh, you know what? I remember now how I got hold of him. I sent him a picture of that I took in like 2010 of Troy and Tom together. Oh, nice. And then he, he said something back, and if I found out he was a photographer as well. Yeah. But uh, what was your favorite part about the trip? We got to get back to the trip because I'm still <clears throat> buzzing, still buzzing off of it. The ride 
back <laughs> around the lake. That that black top. And then coming coming right out of that when you climb that hill, and then it pretty much looks towards like high desert. Yeah. And that sunset, like the purple yeah. and the pink. I was like, fuck. Yes. I looked at you. I was like, oh. I saw that. And I had like my little leather fanny pack chest thing wrapped around my bars. Yeah. Uh, Chopper purse. I try not to take photos like too much on my phone just because it's like too much to to handle. So the last few trips over the last few years, I just bring one disposable. Mm. And I'm like, I'm just going to use one disposable. That way you're not like click, 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 click. Yeah, I mean, no. you're a photographer. It's a little different. Well, I Me, shoot video like, now. You know. Well, oh. I, I do both. Okay. I do both. But like video to me is the next, it's, it's something I can do, share. You post one photo at a time, right? It's yeah. of one person yeah. most of the time. I shoot a video, do an edit. I get all the guys in there. Yeah. yeah. I cover everyone. Yeah, totally. And, and so for, you know, the little, the little Instagram things that I'd rather do a video than. Yeah. I'll do the Instagram videos. Yeah. Or whatever, just for like the purpose of the video being yeah. instant and in the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, taking one disposable is pretty fun. So I taken a few on the way there. I actually tried to do it today, get it uh, developed, but Echo had a little freak out. Mm. I was like, I'm not taking you into Rite Aid and getting stuck. We'll get them developed. Aisle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, coming up and over, I was like trying to just get it out of my little pouch on the front and i was just like we were f- hauling ass too must have yeah. been going 90 yeah but it like felt so good i was like just enjoy it i'm like but you have your camera I'm like but just enjoy it i'm like but i can't get the zipper open i'm like what if some other shit flies out of the pocket i'm like just do it this is such a sick photo so i was just like ah that is got it out and i was like look at you and i just put it back and i was like yeah that is every minute of my ride was yeah, going sure. through my head. I'm you sure. just fucking just enjoy- it. No, but the po- photo's so sick. Oh, my God, it looks so good. But the colors, all the backdrop, all the Joshua trees, you know, like all these things where you're just like, shut up. Yeah. Just ride. Sometimes I do that. Yeah. Sometimes I let it drop. But I I really get a lot of fulfillment out of get. When it comes back home and you see it on the screen and you send it out there and people are like, fuck yeah, let's yeah, ride. Totally. Uh, that brings a lot of fulfillment. Yeah. Totally. Now now I have like a constructive element with it. It's really fun. Yeah. I mean, just seeing the little edit right now is just like, damn, I should have taken more video so I could just have it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, it's like, oh, I got what, you. It's what you do. I got you know, you. I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. Todd's got this. I got this. This is way better than mine's going to ever be. Anyway. You ride with me. I got you. <laughs> I'm, doing, yeah. I'm on it. There's a couple of moments where I was like, no wonder why snakes got so much lit footage. Yeah. Cause yeah. you guys have ridden so much together. Yeah. That's years. That's years, yeah. man. I could do, I could do a book just on snake. Oh, I'm sure you just did a book. You know, I was thinking actually, um, for usually for the last few years, actually, um, or actually, yeah, since having a kid for Christmas, I'll always make my parents a book oh. like on, uh, what is it? Shutterfly. Sure. Or yeah. something. There's a bunch of them. It's like so good and easy. You know, I actually thought about just with this film, if, if it's any good, you should, I'll just make a little thing. You should, man. And then I don't have to worry about a hard drive or a fucking memory card or the photos. It's and so simple. Carrying to do. shit around. Cause you know, 
one of uh, my tricks in in Odenbach days when I did the brand was um, doing the lookbooks through iTunes, yeah, iPhoto, and then just paying to have the Apple printed on an Apple thing. And it's just this black book and it comes with a cover and I would just print something on it just cause or whatever, but I would just rip it off and then I would get a stamp, like a hot stamp. And Can you still stamp Odenbach in it? Do yeah, you, you still do that? Yeah, you still do it. So Shutterfly does the same kind of books. So every um, birthday, like for Carly's birthday, I just did a one with like our family and Echo and like all these moments, Burning Man and like all kinds of travels. Um, but I did that because instead of printing, you know, 500 lookbooks for, f you know, $3,500 or four grand, I would just print like, you know, 50 of these lookbooks that cost $20 each. Mm -hmm. And then you, the people have an actual book and it's not so lookbooky, but it's more of, you know, a vibe of the brand. I don't care what brand you work for. There is always a thousand of those get thrown away. Oh anyway. yeah. I, I did it for a few years to get perfect bound, you know, like this shape, perfect bound and 500 minimum. I was paying cause they're really nice, but yeah, I'd literally give away 150 or something. Dude, I was making, I was making at K2 at K2. I was making 10 different brands, oh, sure. lookbooks a year for some of them for three different seasons a year. It's just all just paid. the different uh, categories. All the well, there's underneath K two when I started, there were probably like four brands that I was working with. By the time I left, it was like thirteen. So yeah. they they kept under the umbrella. They just kept acquiring brands, which right. was a really smart move. Um, all the way into like one of my favorites that we acquired was Planet Earth. So we did a re oh, nice. rebrand of Planet Earth, which was a brand that I was really really uh loved as a kid yeah Gabe Taylor used to ride for them yeah yeah in the heyday they were the, they were the best yeah so we had a really great time rebranding and taking ownership of that again is this still around well yeah I mean we we brought it back to life which was of course I think it took two I think it took us two years and they have a summer or like a they have two seasons a year and then it got big enough. We sold it again and we were just like, fuck what? We just made that cool. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn it. And then they'd bring another one yeah, in yeah. and, and rebrand it and sell it. So yeah. I'm glad not to be doing that anymore and do this podcast with you. Yeah. Yeah. So lookbook. So, uh, I think it's a good idea to just make little shutterfly books. That's of, a good idea. trips. And then you can have just like every trip just on a little bookshelf. Yeah. I wish I had done it for, I mean, riding cross country. I rode cross country one year from LA to the Brooklyn Invitational. You just didn't take pictures. I barely took any pictures. Because you could still do that if you had the pictures. Yeah, I mean, I probably have some stuff. I mean, your iMac right here just reminded me that I have one that doesn't work mm. that I need to take to the guru downtown or down into town and get it opened up. But I'm going to start making books every time. Let's Maybe, I could probably go back to some DVRs or something. Or it'd be really cool to like dig up some Troy photos. Oh, yeah. And just make make stuff I, I did some digging maybe that's be a good idea for you yeah it would like be. I've got collectively bring some things together and have some sort of blue Todd you see that desk over blue there? Todd Tashin all of those drawers are hard drives nice over over the years I need to I need to get organized yeah 
That's yeah. a good idea though, Austin. Add it I to mean, my it's list. it's really nice because like, I mean, it does take a while, and it might take you a while, but if you just go ding 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 ding, you could pick the layout of like super single images and three or four, yeah, and just like. I didn't even, th- I had so many photos. I couldn't even think. I was like, ding, 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 ding. Okay, print. And it came in two weeks. And I was like, this is the sickest thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is so sick. I don't have time to do the layout. Because like, like, think uh, about going back through your phone, 128 gig phone with oh, 25,000 photos. You just throw it on a hard drive and you just leave it. I, I, I have a lot of organizing to do, especially if this podcast, you know, takes off. Man, this thing's going to blow up. Oh, well. You know, well, part of the reason I'll clarify that I want to do something like this is in 2012, Too Far Gone, the first book that I did, uh-huh. there was a big discussion on making that into a podcast. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And and, uh, and I just made a book. Because it was like, if you were doing a podcast, you were like jumping on the bandwagon at the time. No, I didn't even know what a podcast was. No? No. I was like, they're I'm, so big now, right? They're huge now. And you know, I do actually listen to a lot of podcasts, and this is how I've, I've actually retained a lot of this knowledge and information that I research. Yeah, it's like school. It's like through pod. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, YouTube University and podcast, dude. It's a pod class. Pod class. It is. The Blue Todd class. Blue Todd class. Mm. Cast. You just sound drunk. <laughs> Fade. Drunk on LaCroix right now. Hot. Don't these have some weird shit in it? Didn't they just release it? No. Oh, rat. They're, they're full of rat poison. Full of rat poison, yeah. I don't believe that's true. The only time we drink it was when I hear, I'm here, so I appreciate that. We'll bust out a couple more. At my house, we got yerba mate. Oh. That's got caffeine, though. Oh, I love caffeine. I can't do the caffeine. Really? Well, what time is it? Right now? It's too late. Six o'clock. Afternoon, I don't do the caffeine. I don't. Well, I mean, I don't like drink one before bed or anything, but I could sleep on one too. If you drank one right now, you could sleep on one. Yeah, there's a lot of caffeine in those. I, I, hey man, each is. I'm more wired than that caffeine, man. Yeah, I'd eat. I'd have to do some edibles or something (laughs) to sleep on caffeine. You're not into the edibles? No way. I'm shocked. Edible mushrooms. Well, yeah. Edible weed have the craziest stories. I mean, it's time for another when one. was the last time you you had a had an edible? An edible? This is California. It's legal. 2016 in Paris. Okay. Lost my fucking mind. Honestly, the most miserable, most visually intense, physically f- gross feeling experience I've ever had in my life. So you had a bad time. I had a really bad time. It was some wax this chick put on the roof of my mouth. And it didn't kick for like four hours. Five hours later, I was sitting on the top of the Pompidou. And I shit you not, I just like looked to my left. And everyone that I looked at was just like skeletons. And I looked to my right, Carly's a skeleton. People in front of me are just skeletons. And the people in front of me, what I was looking at that their backs were against was a glass like railing that looked at Notre Dame. And I saw like ghosts flying and, and like bodies hanging from nooses off of the top of like the little peaks or towers okay up until now it was awesome it was so gnarly that's bad it was so gnarly and then this dude came that really freaked me out 
I think there's something else in that wax you put in your mouth. There was something. I had to grab a champagne bucket and I just pulled the bottle out through the ice on the ground and just. Oh yeah, there was something else in there. I like shuffled it to the left. Someone gave me another one. Filled that one up and I was like, "All right, let's go. I got to get out of here." And I fucking bailed. Were you good after that? I was tripping for a while, Mm. but not like that. I I was sober enough to like run to the escalator. I can understand why you wouldn't and get in the car. Edible THC is gnarly. It is gnarly. I, I, I don't do. I don't. I think that's why they want it to be legal. I think that's why they want weed to be legal. I think they want people to be really stoned. No. Oh yeah. I There's do it a, to go to sleep. I take yeah, a little. I, I I cut one in one gummy in half as a gummy. That that's medicinal. And I, and I take it and I sleep. I don't sleep. I've fought a sleeping disorder my entire life. Really? Yeah. And and it's bad. Like, it causes me some... So no dying as a speaker's in front of your tent all night. <laughs> I was used to it, man. That was like... The, 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 that's what's going on I in my screamed. head when I'm trying to sleep. You yeah, you were mad. <laughs> so we were sleeping uh, a row of bikes down by the Kern River. And um, one of the dinas, this was supposed to be a choppers only trip. It's fine that you don't, but at the same time, it was supposed to be a choppers only job. Had a massive speaker system, and it just got turned on and left on, and everybody went oh, four a.m. four a.m. somewhere else and partying. And I, I'm I'm hearing it through my I'm, I've got earplugs in, and I hear about four a.m. Austin go, shut that fucking thing off, <laughs> and of course no one's there to hear it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, I had earplugs in too. It doesn't do a damn thing. My earplugs just make my ears itch. Yeah. You got any good good ones? I use the lady earplugs. Are they like soft latex? They're or something? softer for ladies' ears, and I hmm. think I have ladies' ears. I think it's the latex. You have very I mean, small I ears too. I'm yeah, looking I got at them small right ears. now. I don't know whose ears are small. I can hear a lot though. Yeah, I hear a lot. That's what keeps me awake. Um, yeah. But that's why I do the THC at night a little bit. And you I should have had some then just clunk us out. It would have helped. It would have helped. I'm down for that. See, I'm not talking about going to the moon. I don't want to see skeletons either. <sighs> like, I just want to be able to sleep. Even for people that are like just getting into it. You know, my mom was first getting into it. I was like, just try and eat a little. Yeah. She had a really crazy bad experience. Really? How much did she take? How many milligrams? I don't know. Some like little chocolate thing that was like split into four. Maybe like sixty milligrams. I have a rule. Milligrams. I have a rule about the chocolates. I mean, it's like you—you you actually made this rule for me <laughs> by giving me and Snake a chocolate. It was the most hallucinogenic chocolate I ever <laughs> had in my life, and we locked ourselves in the chunk. I still got to read that story. Yes, I have that magazine. No, this is a totally different time. Ransburg. Oh, the, when you guys the, did it, that at the was chun. yeah. That was we didn't have chocolates that night. We actually had just mushrooms. And I wrote, I wrote a little essay on on the psychedelics. And and you, I should run out to the container and get that right now. But after this, you were the Cheshire cat in that story, <laughs> where we were staring at the lit end of a cigarette, just watching the universe unfold. We were in the middle of the desert. Because we had gone to escape the bright lights. Yeah. Well, a number of us kind of crawled out there and, and were among the stars, and it was really beautiful. And we were having a good conversation. And then we hear this sound, like this jingling sound. We're like, what is that? 
and there's nothing and then we see this shadowed figure coming towards us on the horizon and you were wearing like a cape i think i had a poncho and a robe it was like a robe cape thing and your hood was up and it was completely your figure was completely dark silhouetted by a beautiful desert landscape and when you walked up to us you smiled really big and all we saw was your teeth (laughs) and it was like and it was the cheshire cat and you were playing music on a little thing that was dangling on your side and you're like now listen to this part but you weren't saying listen you were saying you're saying watch this part and then you hold the speaker up and i'm like i can see it and uh that was a really great night and you were there when Chatty tried to come up, right? When we were hiding from Chatty? Yeah. Chatty came around with a bright-ass flashlight, and all we knew... We were just keep, hiding behind the bushes. We were just hiding from the light, and we yeah. kept going further out into the desert but and thinking he wouldn't... Whoever, we didn't even know it was him, yeah. wouldn't follow us. And he kept following us, and it became his game of cat and mouse, where it's like hide from the light. And even to the point where we knew that it was Chatty, we were still ducked down... <laughs> below him and poor guy was like i know my friends are out here somewhere (laughs) and uh you me and Derek white were curled up oh yeah Derek white magically showed up Derek white magically showed up we're curled up underneath a rock and chatty's standing above us with this light and i remember we're we're hiding like we're hiding from our for our lives and Derek. Derek's stomach growled so loud <laughs> that it, it sounded like an alligator or something. I knew it would give us away. I'm like, he's covering his mouth like he's escaping he's from a, a refugee camp. Laugh. And, and Chatty's like, he hears it, you know? And he like, he kind of moves and it's like, like he's about to discover something. And Snake's hiding in a bush right underneath Chatty now. And finally Snake just gives up and he stands up next to Chatty. He's like, oh, hey, man. And Chatty's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that uh, was a good time. That was a good That was one of the best uh, overnight trips. You know, I think it's something about, like, a small, tight group of people. Yeah. The big group, see, there's I think there's three things. There's, like, small, tight group. Yeah. And then there's medium. Yeah. And then there's large. Uh-huh. Like, DVRs to the point where it's, like, it's big. A lot of people go. Um I mean, I don't know half the people that go anymore. I know. They break do you, the thing about DVR was, though is it breaks into smaller groups. So then so then there's the benefit of that. Yeah. You know, it's like like we were talking about like we don't really like big rides anymore. But DVR like I'm like I'm going to go cuz then we'll break away. Yeah. You know, there'll be 10 of us or whatever. And then you can pop in, but like, you know, some other trips is like you can't really escape cuz everyone's kind of together. Yeah. But it's big enough where, like, you also don't know certain people. And then there's, like, just core people. Yeah. That, like, that's awesome. Like, the Ransburg. What, what are those things called? Where, where was it? Is, we didn't even. It's we, called Ransburg, but it's called. Um, where we camped? Yeah. What is that? that uh, that's just open. Pinnacles. Desert. Pinnacles. No, we didn't make it to the Tr- Pinnacles. It's near Trona Pinnacles. It's though. near Trona. Yeah. But we. We were uh, trying to get to Trona. Well, Junior, um, Neil there at the joint told us. Hey, you should go camp here instead, um, and that's what we did, and it was ended up being awesome, and we had the whole desert to ourselves. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad to go back to. No, not at all. Well, we did just go back there last weekend on this last. Yeah, week. I'm saying like to go back there yeah. and camp. Do you think we can make it from there to Death Valley? Oh, it, you know, it says a hundred and something miles. I don't think it's any gas though. No, it's not even that far. 
Yeah, right, right, right at the turnoff. Yeah, I think it says 110 miles of Death Valley. Yeah, it's really or 120. Um, so at that entrance to get gas, you'd have to go down to Panamint. Maybe they mean that Panamint is 120. It's it doesn't seem that far to me though. I don't know. Think about when you go through um, Five Fingers and Inyo Kern, and then take the 395 all the way up to all the way up. Oh, yeah. Just short of and then point. all the way across. So where that turn off is to Toronto Pinnacles slash Death Valley. Yeah. You have to go along that same stretch. It's the same distance. And there's no gas station, I don't think. Yeah. But it does seem shorter than a hundred. Definitely. 110 miles. Away. Maybe it's, maybe it's saying 120 miles around then. Yeah. It could we be. should look at it because I wouldn't mind just, um, meeting everyone there. Yeah. yeah. But then you skip five fingers. I don't mind skipping five fingers. No. I'd rather just end up down in Death Valley. Yeah. Well, you know, this year it got so fucked up <laughs> not having Troy yeah. to organize it. It, it broke off into different days. Well, yeah, yeah. And then I, like, I just couldn't decide. So You I went, went the first weekend. No, I went by myself in the middle of the uh, week. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't go at all. I yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Snake went the first weekend. He went the first. Grossman went the second. Yeah. I think. I think this year we'll probably put it all together. But I mean, that's just an epic trip. We, yeah, we need to keep going. Yeah, that's the best one. I'm shocked at how many weekends of your year can be filled with organized trips. Now, think about that. Yeah, you almost have to check with everyone else to be like, "Hey, I was planning a trip." That Especially weekend. now with like all that's going on, everyone's trying to get out. I know, I know. Uh, right. Once this heat wave kind of passes, I'm down to go camp. Babes, right out every weekend. <laughs> Every weekend. Dude. It would be fun to go camp at the park, too. Well, we can do that. And, you know, the trick about the park, not to blow blow it open, but you can ride in after 5 o'clock yeah. for free. I got a pass, though. I'm going to buy one. It's only like 55 bucks for the year. For, and it gets you into everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's support your national parks. Yeah, Buy a park it. pass. And uh, you won't be disappointed. I actually got... I got hit in the park a couple weekends ago. <laughs> you left. That's right. Another by, by another bike. Uh, bless his heart. And we were. It's a long story, but it's a dangerous place. It dangerous, is. beautiful place. Go to your national parks. Let me think uh, about my favorite part of that ride. It was definitely a highlight. Was riding back on that two lane. If you guys are hearing that, we live on an off-road trail. And some, some UTVs, some, some Can-Ams, some Razors. I got distracted. The dry lake bed was a big thing, yeah. staying that one night. That's awesome. You missed the cave. I did miss the cave. I got a bum-ass foot. That would be really hard. That was a hard Yeah, hike. my foot is just now feeling better from kicking my bike so many times. I wouldn't recommend it. That was... Alboy, I am really impressed that you got as many people to go on that hike as you did. And I know there was retribution <laughs> for doing so because people were felt the video, a little misled. But honestly, once you got there, no lie, you weren't exaggerating. That was a really cool cave. Yeah. Did you know, Austin, those are crystal walls and ceilings? I didn't know. I mean, I just saw the video. Um, I don't know if they're crystal or if they're 
like some melted minerals that create the stalactites and stalagmites. Stalactites look, yeah. come from the ceiling. Mites come from the bottom or vice tights, versa. Tights come tights from, the from the ceiling. Mites come from the bottom. Yeah. Because it looked, it looked like a... Uh, I'm not a geologist. Yeah. I, I'm sure there are six-point crystals somewhere or were there. Six-point crystals? Yeah. Every crystal has six points on the top. I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you find a five-sided crystal, it's not a crystal? Well, there'll be a six-point somewhere. Or is that like a four-leaf clover is a five-sided crystal? Yeah, sure. Magical. Magical. It's already magical. Yeah. The hike-in was probably a couple thousand-foot vertical climb to get up to what we thought <laughs> would just be the one peak that we had to climb. And then you crest that, and you realize you have another valley to descend and another peak to climb to get to the cave. And then once you get to the cave, you have to do it back. So there was downright mutiny on the way back from. And no one had sneakers on. No one had sneakers. No, maybe Al boy had his vans. Al boy wore his vans. He knew the rest of us were in boots. Yeah. And no one had water. Poor Martin had some knee high West coast. Full on Western boots, which was well, what I was wearing too. Um, I mean, his were stiff. Like Martin was hurting. Yeah, he was hurt. Every, you know, see, I was on the other end. Yeah. I was having breakfast <laughs> with a couple people, Grossman, at uh, the little uh, McNally's joint. hamburger joint, yeah. and uh, the first person that came back, right? We were like, "Oh, he looks pissed." <laughs> we're like, "Yo, how was it?" Fuck that. Or like, damn. Next person, how was it? I'm going to kill Al. <laughs> Next person, so w- did you get to it? They're like, fucking Al. And then what's the, what's the dude's name with the, the newer bike? Da- uh, da- David? Greg. 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 He Greg was, didn't even finish. He was like, that motherfucker. He's going to kill him. Oh, he Greg. was so pissed. I was trying to. And then Alboy comes back. How was he? goes, I was so sick. <laughs> oh, you Alboy. you did. You were, you were pretty optimistic about it. I was like, how is it? You were like, oh, dude, you would have loved it. It was really sick. It, like, was, it, was, sick. it was far, but it was sick. Well, wait till you see but the that, footage. See, that's, that's the benefit of like your your adventurous personality and like yeah. giving the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah, it sucked, but like we did it. Yeah. It was sick. I'm glad. Would I do it again? I don't know. Okay. No, <laughs> I would. I would definitely do it again, but I would pack more water. And a snack. Yeah. We went up there, no food. Have lunch up there. Barely any water. Have lunch. But, you know, we were back by 1030. We yeah. left. We left really early. 830. Yeah. I, I think most of those guys hadn't even slept either. Totally. I think they'd be angry at anything. Well, and, and, and like Sean Bronson, he didn't know what was going on. I was like, yo, let's, we're just going to go on this hike to this cave. It's really sick. And he was like, okay. I had a great time. He had no <laughs> clue how far it was. Sean was awesome. I like his little he, comment in the video. He, he was so snarky and clever the entire time with Austin and, and Austin's in his little back and forth. Alboy. Al, I mean, I'm sorry. All Alboy and Sean's commentary back and forth was the most entertaining part of the hike. And then even even later, like they were like teaming up and I think Alboy kind of felt bad and he was trying to like backpedal a little bit on some things and make him feel it's nice, right? You know, it's cool. It's good. And then later I I was way ahead and Al comes running down the hill after like a five mile hike. I'm like, 
oh, how are you running downhill? You're killing my knees just watching you. And he's like, I just had to get away from Sean. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing about Al, though, is like he's so energetic and so like just fun to be around because he's just like, dude, we got this cliff. Get your fucking bathing suit on now. We're going this way. We're doing this. Come on, let's go. The, the dude, you know? he has a, like he's he's got the vibe just to like keep the troops going. He's got an endless energy, which I think was what's gonna make it was what makes him an awesome dad. Yeah, of course. He's just got like an and don't take this the wrong way, Alf, but you have an endless. It's it's like a nervous energy to you that comes out in a really positive way, and I love it. Yeah. Like you, you, you go out of your way to be very accommodating and make conversation and talk to people. And, and I think your feelings, you, you feel really good when people are feeling good around you. You're yeah. a sponge. Yeah. He feeds off of like positive energy so, and like good yeah. vibes. So he goes, he goes really far out of his way to make people feel good. He's one dude that's like really honors his character and his personality and like his, his spirit. You little go-getter. He's, you Al, you're in your spirit, brother. Yeah, spirit <laughs> animal. Uh, I told him the other day, I was like, dude, what, what tent did you get? He's like, I got this one. I'm like, I'm getting the same one. He's like, I loved it. It was the first time I opened it up on that trip. I'm like, let's go camp soon. He's like, dude, I'm down anytime. He's, that like, was he's like, I'll ride through tent. Big Bear and meet you guys. I'm like, let's go. So that, he, he's, he's going to come with us. Okay, good. That was a good tent that he had. Yeah. I'm always looking at tents different ways. Uh, your tent that you let me borrow was actually really amazing, too. That one was sick. I put a lot it's just of a little pricey. on that one. Yeah, it's a little more expensive. The um, the and the one that I got actually does pack up smaller. Okay, it's uh, That's seven inches problem. by seventeen inches. That's pretty. Yours cool. was six and a half by twenty-two, so, but the one actually yours it, around there. Abel <laughs> Brown, right now, Mike, you make the smallest, most packable tent, and I do love it. Well, because it's the stakes that. Well, it's the it. tent poles that make them long. Yeah, or the poles. Sorry. And there are no poles with an able brown tent, but that's right. the, the Achilles heel for me sometimes is I can't yeah, the poles. always sleep next to my bike. So if you're, oh, yeah, right. if you're in that situation, it hasn't really been a problem yet. The only problem I've had, honestly, with an able brown tent is the fact that Ryan Grossman was hammered and tried to climb into his hammock uh, he and ripped did, he, my, did, he, did he rip he it? Ripped, he, poor guy ripped my fucking Maybe he'll give you out. his. Maybe he'll give me his. He's already offered, actually. Yeah. And Grossman don't feel bad about that. I, I would like one of those Abel Brown tents. They're good. <laughs> Just They're good. But, uh, yeah, I bought a new little pack sack, 30-liter bag, too. That's the only gear I get excited about. I just I just like to nerd out on, on like, one thing that I think is uh, – an Achilles heel in the chopper world is people want to pack the most minimal shit yeah, and have like nothing and sleep on the ground and they don't give a fuck because yeah. they're going to get so drunk. I'm over that. Dude, I'm, over, I'm that. over that. I bring my Crocs. I bring extra gas. Yeah. I bring socks. I bring underwear. I bring a hoodie just in case. I was so and guess jealous what? of your my Crocs. My tent setup is super Gucci. My pad. I brought my full big down pillow, which does take up too much room but listen i go to the chiropractor already too much i understand when i went on a little rave trip and dj'd this party on fourth of july yeah that, like i forgot my pillow mm. and i slept without my pillow for a week i've been to the chiropractor three times and now i finally feel normal feel good yeah like fuck not taking <laughs> your pillow i've got it is i've got two solutions for you 
Well, you want to hear my idea? Yes, of course. So I'm going to go to Marshall's uh-huh. and get a really sick pillow that zips that my wife actually just got for Echo. Uh-huh. And you can pull out some of the stuffing. It's not feathers, some but it's this really dope, foamy, like stuff that goes really, really tight and you can pack it really small. That's a good idea. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some out and I'm just going to stitch two, um, two seams in the middle, just, you know, backstitch a little bit okay. and then cut it in the middle and give Echo a little nice mini pillow okay. and then have a nice mini pillow for the trips. That's just like my big pillow, but it's half the size. That's a great idea. So then I can pack that in. Custom pillows. So, um, that's I'm about being comfy. Listen, I'll ride a chopper. I'll be uncomfortable. I'll do I'll do all that shit. But really, my my program is pretty comfy, and it took a long time to figure it out. But uh, yeah, I'm not down for just being extra minimal. Being minimal is cool, but being minimal uncomfortable is where it's at. Yes. Obrono passed out by the fire in his whole leather kit, and if you can do that. And it doesn't bother your body, fine. He's been doing that for a long See, time. I can't do it. I will be so miserable. I won't sleep. I'll be at the chiropractor. I mean, call me a bitch, whatever. But I also didn't take care of my body for a really long time snowboarding and riding dirt bikes. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm a 33 year old man with a child. I want to get my sleep. I want to party. I want to get my sleep. Wait till wake you're up 40. And I want to feel good riding. Wait for 40. Ugh. You'll be cocooned and down by yeah. then. Like an inflatable casket that you'll sleep in. <laughs> my sleeping bag <laughs> is your... a casket. Which, my sleeping bag is actually one that Ratty left at my house from DVR a few years ago. Perfect. That I still have been running. Because it packs this big. Listen, man, I did five years of traveling with nothing but a fucking tarp. And yeah, that see, was just, that. just tarping it. Bugs, though, and some scorpions. That's what burned me. So... Snake and I did this trip uh, a few years back to Park City, and we got mobbed by bugs one night sleeping out in the Mojave, oh. and that was the last draw for me. Like, I went insane. I, my mind went crazy, and it was so hot that night. I couldn't tell if the beads of sweat rolling down me were bugs or my own sweat, and I was just miserable, no, and I was the... like, I'm getting a good tent. Yeah. Fuck this. I mean living out here and experiencing it's very seasons, feral. seasons and and bugs and the type of bugs during certain seasons riding right now and sleeping on a tarp no way no i've got scorpions around my house i got snakes. rattlers yeah. snakes all kinds of little chiggers flying around you can do it let me tell you right now you want to do it aspire to do that go for it but just skip all that bullshit and be comfortable get and a tent. go a lot farther get a tent get a tent get a tent um make more tents people yeah make us yeah a good, so all, make us yeah. a good tent abel brown totally i mean it is a good tent that you've got but but figure out a problem where you can not have to sleep next to your well bed. you know who made really cool tents that i think pack really small polar stuff Remember Polar? Polar was terrible. They they were terrible. Their quality was bad. Oh uh, yeah, they, they were, may have gotten better. I think they're out of business now. Yeah, they were just. But they were they were bad. cool, like the print. Definitely. And, and looking at tents all this whole last week, like I looked at everything. The one that I did like the best that wasn't so high because you think about like wind like on the dry lake bed. Yeah. Or we put our tents kind of on well like on the other side of the bike, mm-hmm. primary side, and having wind the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was thinking like, oh, it'd be better to have it a little lower, you know? So the North Face one single man was really cool. Uh, but it was really 22, in, 22 inches wide. It was 128 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, it was it was too, the pack size was too big. And then I just kept looking and looking and looking. And I'm like, there's not like a million tent manufacturers. This is my fashion brain going into mm-hmm. it or like just building product and stuff. And like, I'm like, I could make a tent company. I know exactly. And then I'm looking for these bags, right? I'm looking at... Um, uh, GV, GV bag, GIVI. It's like an Italian um, dry bag, you know, KTM, uh, you know, uh, trail type bikes. Yeah. Enduros and stuff. They make a lot of shit. They make that, a lot of shit. And I'm like, world. I'm trying to find this bag. I'm, I'm trying to find the perfect bag. I want a dry bag. I want two D rings on the top and the bottom to pull around the sissy bar. Because right now, my dry bag, I wrap ratchet straps all the way around it creates three bubbles and it's really annoying having that little thing mm. so i was like oh Biltwell makes one. Oh, they make a dry bag right nah they're strapping their shit all the way around and i'm like 150 bucks mm. i'm like eh. it is it does do 78 liters i'm like then it's too big and you have too much material so i just started just like okay all of these everyone makes the same dry bag it's got to be the same manufacturer. Everyone makes the same tents. It's got to be the same manufacturer. And they're all designs you could improve on. Yeah, and you yeah. could just like tweak it a little bit, you know, put the 5,000 denier, you know, fabric on the bottom. I'm, uh, I'm going to admit something. Someone's got to make some lit shit that everyone could use. I love my Filson bag. So you just got a, like a leather duffel. I got a leather duffel. But then you have the... It's waterproof. And the D-rings uh, are for life. But how's your back? Fine. It's not too much like It's perfect. I've got, bubbles? I've got it down to a science, man. And in, the trick is doing two... You do two bungees, a low one, and uh, like one where you want to act as your lumbar, where it pushes the bottom of the back as your lumbar. And then you do a third one over the top. Okay? So you've got... You got a total of three bungees, but only two of them are really going back to your sissy bar. Mm-hmm. So you've got one big lump for your lumbar, and the other one hits you in the shoulders where you want it. Yeah. And then I use the the webbing, the like the the net the net webbing over everything. So the shit that I need to get to quick, like I I always take two pairs of underwear and two pairs of socks, and I'll wash them the n- next night, and I just dry them. I put them underneath that webbing, and I ride. And they're yeah, dry yeah. at the next spot. So anything I want to get to really quick, and if it's wintertime, I'll shove my down underneath the webbing or whatever I want to get to really fast, or or my rain gear. We're really nerding out. Oh, we're so hack. Uh, this this thing went from being metaphysical to the most nerdy chopper shit. It's okay. This, but but again, it goes back to like comfortability, yeah, and like being able to ride really far and long and keep going. Wanna... So when I rode cross country with Michael Berrigan, I did it on my shovel, which was a swing arm that we stayed up all night rigging this seventies. Uh, I remember that box, right? Yeah. You had so, a trunk. Yeah, I had a trunk. So the trunk actually is like has like an indentation in the back for your passenger. So what I did was I put two rubber bungees across it and I was just just cruising the whole way, just boom, just floating. And that was cozy. And then I ended up putting like a hoodie around it. So then it was even more just cushy. So I need to figure out a really cozy. I actually rode that back on the first DVR with the big 
there is box. A, there is a real science to packing your fucking motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, it can make your day. Because you don't want too day. much shit either. No. But uh, I do on my sissy bar where you're like, you could drill those holes out. Yeah. You could. They those are out. drilled out. I just checked. You're ready. So the remember they were just bolts. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Michael Berrigan helped me just weld it, and he lined them up, put the bolts in, and then tacked it, and then took them out. So I could. I was thinking about making a plate and putting another my leather little saddlebag that I used to use. Now yeah. I'm using the new Gentry Tom Fugel inspired one. It's a good looking. Bag. Um, but if I use my old one on top, then I can have that one full of ramen in the jet boil and some water. Have your, your, uh, the whole ramen kit on the road, your buffet. Cause the other one's full of tools now. You gotta have, yeah, this is the problem, man. It's like, so I've got one, two, three. I've actually got four bags on my bike. Yeah. You got a lot. I got a lot. And but, your gas tank. But I have, and my gas tank, but I have to travel with camera gear. Yeah, right. If you notice when I switch a lens or battery or all these things, like they have to be isolated in their own bag. So yeah. my biggest bag goes to my, my camera gear. And then I, I have every tool that I need on the road for fucking anything. All the polars, all, you know, everything that weighs a bunch, it's in there. And so that takes up another big bag. Um, how you pack these things for efficiency is the, is that is how your trip is going to turn out. Yeah, totally. The better you pack. Especially if you want to grab something. Exactly. Because then you're like, you know, if you make it difficult for yourself, you're not going to take the time to grab that tool and fix your bike. You're going to run. Or your hoodie. Down. Or your hoodie, you're going to be miserably cold. Yeah. Or your water and you're going to get dehydrated and die. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's everything. And I don't like traveling <laughs> with people who haven't figured that out yet. I think Troy named my shovel the gypsy wagon. That's awesome. Because I, on the way uh, to New York... I had, I just had so much shit. Yeah. I like, I was losing tranny oil crazy. So I had like two bottles of gear oil. Yeah. And then I had like two of those like gas can water tanky, you know, little. That was a things. round trip you made. Too. No, we just rode there. Oh, okay. And then I flew home. That's a lot of my bike. Back. Still a lot of miles to do. Uh, yeah, we, we, there was one day that we didn't push 500 miles. We were doing almost 500 miles a day. Yeah, that's a lot. We made it to New York bike. in five days, and it was the most grueling thing ever. I also had struts on because the box was so no, heavy. So you're fully rigged. So, right. yeah, we stayed up all night fixing and rigging the box and making a whole bracket system. And then 5 a.m., we're about to pull out to get to Vegas, and it's bottoming out on the freeway. So we turned around, went back, and then Berrigan whipped up some struts for me real quick. Yeah, buddy. And then I ran struts the whole way. So we went to Vegas, to Utah, to Colorado. Um, I got off the bike in Colorado after a long stretch from, from Utah, and I didn't notice it. My legs were completely numb, oh, so like fell. sitting on a toilet for so long. Off. I literally got to the gas station. And I was like, oh, I could barely put the clutch in, you know? And I put it in neutral and I pull up to the thing, hit the back brake, put my leg down, completely just collapse and <laughs> tip over and I just fall all the way over. And I'm just laying there like, oh my God. Like I didn't care. I couldn't, I couldn't get up. Michael Berrigan jumped up and got me and picked me up and my legs were just jello. He's like, dude, are you all right? I was like, I'm fucking dead. I love riding with Berrigan. He's he smashes. He's awesome. Yeah, he had he had that freaking STD pan head with like a a six speed. He had the God. Baker six in it. You can't catch him. You nah. can't catch him. No one can catch him. No. We I the first time I figured out he had a six speed when we were fucking 
cooking down the Pear Blossom Highway. He just looks over at me and goes, Clank. He's just like, That's why I really want to get my shovel back so I can put that little John Tranny with the extra fifth gear. be good. I don't know anyone that runs one. Sometimes I just reach down and, and check that someone didn't throw a six-speed in my bike, and I shift and like, nope. I've no, done it a I couple times. <laughs> Damn it. You know, the, you know um, on the way up to Kernville, when we, we were riding and uh, we just jumped off the highway and dropped into the lake bed? Yeah. And we rode right off the highway. The first time I did that was with Michael. Oh, nice. And uh, he did exactly what I did to you, where he's just like signaling like, turn turn i'm like bro it's a ditch and he did it he just like whipped it off and we nice but we smashed all the way across the lake bed and that there's some dirt some dried uh mud spots that i was like oh i don't want to start messing my gear up right now it was so (laughs) fun though that was really fun yeah berrigan's another dad super dad yeah he's a super dad super dad he's more on dugan's level though because yeah he's got a couple yeah he has two other kids already yeah and then with Cassandra, they just did a ride. I know I missed one it. to the run or whatever. I had a, uh, I was working on shooting the Harley. Campaign. I think they went to Kern actually. Did they? Yeah. Cause he messaged me. He's like, where was that? We just went. I miss, I miss the run the one every year for work. Yeah. It's like a job falls on that every time. One of these days, yeah. one of these days, Michael, what's your work. favorite place you've ridden through? Of all, or just it's a favorite, like West coast. Because I kind of divide them into regions. Anywhere. Oh, it's so hard to pick. My favorite. Like when you ride in, you're like, oh, this spot's sick. Okay, the this biggest. Sounds cool. The biggest surprise I ever had was riding through Gettysburg in the fall when the leaves had just changed. Cause it, it was, I was just shocked at how fucking crazy beautiful that was. I wasn't expecting it. Swampy hot? No, it was in the fall, and it uh, was it was like crisp and cool, and my bike was running really good, and the leaves were just the deepest fire orange you'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, so that was a big surprise because I don't like riding out east. I just don't. Yeah. And I I was like really taken by how I was like, okay, this is nice. Um. Gosh. Number two. Number two. <laughs> I rode through arches at night one time. Utah? Yeah. Nice. That was just like magical. Like you're exploring an alien landscape and it was a full moon. Ooh. And there were like, there were literally shadows like shining through the arches of the rocks. And that was, that was, that was, that was a moment Crazy. for sure. Okay. I got it. <laughs> I got it. We, uh, Snake and I left L.A. at, like, rush hour, 4 o'clock, headed down across the border to San Felipe, and we were riding across the darkest part of Baja, and it, it just the, the most animated meteor or shooting star or something. It was in that flat spot before San Felipe. Yeah, where you actually can see the water through on, Mexicali on the side, the board after the border. I can't remember where we crossed. Were you going to EDR? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were headed to EDR. Yeah. So I don't that route. What year it was? But it it was the it was a blood red Mexican moon coming up. It looked like a velvet painting, like a black mm. velvet painting. Yeah, yeah. The moon was coming up. And you see a reflection of it in the water, and then between us and that moon, like a purple green meteor shot right between us it looked like it was 12 feet off the ground and it like lingered 
And we were both like, what the fuck? That's a, you know, arms go up and you're looking around to see if anybody else saw it. And it nice. was, that, that was something I wish I could capture. The only way you could ever recreate that is with some really expensive CGI. Maybe you could do it. I could do it. I just, I just need to be. There needs to be a real good, like, chopper movie. I know. I know. Not six over. Six over is like, you know, narrative or, or a documentary or like a real, like a, like a easy writers. Kind yeah. Of. Like, like, yeah, something. Maybe Jason will do it. He'll do it. <laughs> I know he, he loves directing and yeah. telling stories and I know it'll be in his heart to do. Yeah. That. I mean, there's, I have so many moments too. Like it won't, it won't be a drag though. His, his stories really like to, he likes to tell stories that feel, have you seen road diploma? No. Watch that film. That was one of the ones that put him on the radar. And, and he, that's how he and I connected for the first time. Honestly, we kicking tires just down the road and I'm, talking about shovel heads and pan heads and i said hey man i know you made that film and i had just made a an independent film too and we got to talking about like how hard it is to finish a project like that and so you've known him for a while yeah i've known him for we've known each other for a long time before before he was has he been on a ride camp trip like dude he's all he's camping every weekend he gets you know he take yeah. he takes his bike he's, he's had kids for a long his kids are we should get him on a ride we will he will he loves it it's what he lives for but um but Road to Paloma was really good, it was and and I don't think people, a lot of people have discovered it. It's not typical, and yeah. it really makes you feel something, and you really want the characters to, you know, achieve what their goals are in the film. You get connected to it. But that was a long time ago, and I know he's itching to make something new. Yeah. So, we'll see. He's very busy. He's got a yeah, lot. Yeah. He's got a lot on his plate. But nice. God damn it, he if anybody's gonna tackle it, I bet it'll be him. Yeah. You sure. got a script? I got a script idea I've, I've been working on. I mean, it'd just be riding. Like, when you said San Felipe, like, I, uh, the first, I've been on a couple DVRs. Um, the most comfy I rode my FXR at the time. Ooh. I had that red bagger, fully stock one. I forgot about that. That was a nice uh, DVR. But uh, I've done it a few times on Choppers. One time we did the, an EDR pre run with. Uh, um, Bill and Magoo <clears throat> and I took my friend Evan and then uh, JD a couple other people but we rode to San Felipe and then we went all the way down to Gonzaga Bay mm. so further south from right there we were like the first ones to do it on choppers it was all off road for like a really while how far do you think it was? I think it's paved now yeah, it's paved now yeah yeah recently they, it was under construction they had paved like 300 yards okay when we went on it but man those cliffs right there riding along the water just it was so sick and then from there we came back up and around um and kind of rode against the border through Tecate yeah and we went through like some crazy mountains it it was like have you ever done that one yeah it's like real zigzaggy all yeah. the way up I think it was actually snowing at the top we did it in the more in the fall and then all the way around it can be cold up there in the summer it was really cold yeah it was really cold yeah but I, uh that trip was really fun. And then JD and I rode. Did you get uh, sick? No. Nah, I wasn't vegan at the time. I get sick every time. Um, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. There's like an equal. There's like a. There's a. 
And I wrote a, I wrote an article about this for for. What just eating in Mexico and like drinking the water? Yeah, and stuff? well, the consequence of Mexico. Yeah, sure. And it it I wrote a a little editorial for a, a magazine out of the UK, biker magazine. I mean, I think UK. every time you cross the border, you're just like, <gasps> well, this is what here you, we go. This is what you need to be prepared you for. Know? It's whatever amount of time you spend there, you need to be prepared to be ill an equal amount of time when you get home. So if you spend 36 hours in Mexico, you need to be, you're going to be shitting and puking for 36 <laughs> hours when you get home. That's how it works. For me, at least, every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the gas is shitty. Oh, yeah. Your bike's <laughs> going to be sick for 36 yeah, hours exactly. afterwards, so you get all the old gas out. Yeah. All the tequila is purged. Yeah. I love it, though. Yeah, San Felipe is awesome, like, right on the water with fish tacos and stuff. Yeah. That's really fun. That jaunt, I almost saw a snake die. Oops. That is a robocall. Oh, yeah, I get a lot of those. I almost saw a snake die crossing the peninsula. He w- We were jamming through a great fun section of the desert, and then a Subaru was completely in the other lane around a blind corner. Like, we were in a mountain, like in, in the valley of two mountains. There's nowhere to go. And Snake jumped onto the shoulder, what little bit of shoulder there was, and barely missed this fucking Subaru. I mean, my adrenaline shot through the roof. I thought I was going to see my fucking friend die. It was crazy. But he wrote it out. That run's really fun. It's really fun. This is going to Ensenada. Mm -hmm. Ensenada (laughs) feels like L.A. Yeah. You get in there and you're like... But it's it's fun, too, because, like, riding into Ensenada is like, whoa. Yeah, that is Uh, But, yeah, that little hotel and just partying there and... That's where that I, strip club Paris is really hilarious. That's probably where I get sick every time. Is eating the tacos once you get into Ensenada. Yeah, I feel like you're good going through most of it until you get into the bigger city. Yeah, and then it gets a little bit questionable. Totally. I went there craving tacos. I mean, I waited to eat. Like I crossed the border, and we left. We left at like four. I don't remember when we actually got across the border after traffic. And I was like, I'm going to get a taco. <laughs> and I pull into this taco shack and I'm like, it's looking good and it's smelling good. And pull in and I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to get, I'm going to get four tacos. And he's like, oh, bro, I don't make tacos. Like in a totally American accent. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, nah, nah, dude, I do burgers. I'm like, where are you from, man? He's like, Philly. <laughs> I'm like, what I was no. so hungry I had to eat a burger, but it was a really good burger. Are we, are we, is there battery about to die? We got a low battery in uh, a couple minutes. All right. Well, I mean, what else do we talk about? I don't know. Um, I'm excited to ride again. I want to ride again. I can't wait to use my new camp gear. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get a good little crew. When's Snake back? Once you need, he need he, we need to do months. a little welcome. Maybe we should go ride up and see him in Montana. That's far. That's the trip. I need to get my bike a little more up to par. I got to figure out what that leak is. Yeah, that's. Not, I don't think that's a big problem. There's a slim time of year you get to make it up that into the, into Montana on a bike comfortably. Yeah. See, I got a kid though. It's like it's hard to like multiple day trips. You're juggling <laughs> a lot. I'm juggling a lot, and she's like hella ill right now. That's hard. Yeah. I act like I know. She was like, "Can you take care of Echo today?" I was like, "Yeah, after the podcast." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Like, damn it, Todd. <laughs> Again, yeah. but it's worth it, right? I mean, yeah, 
You would never admit if it wasn't. No, it's worth it. I know. I, trust me. I would love to do that ride. I One of my favorite rides was actually um, cross country was fun, but driving cross country, me and JD um, drove cross country. JD Sansaver, you know. I don't know Sans, JD. JD Sansaver, uh, Flying Monkey. You know who he is, yeah. He's awesome, dude. We drove cross country with one other dude. Um, sorry, dude, I forget your name. <laughs> um, uh, with an enclosed, and we brought a bunch of bikes, and we we drove through the night. We just rotated mm-hmm. all the way through, and we um, did um, the Gypsy Run. That's um, a famous one. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, what's his name? Kickstart Cycle Supply. Ah, uh, drawing a blank. Ah, uh, he's so awesome. He's got a shop, Kickstart. Mm. He did it. Uh, it'll come to me. I haven't, I just haven't thought of it in a long time. Hope you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, but riding up through Pennsylvania through the Poconos. That's what I'm saying. That Pittsburgh. is really it's, sick. Yeah, and we're camping on the river. Oh, my God. It was so dope. As long as you stay off the toll roads. Jimmy Monk. You know Jimmy Monk? Mm-hmm. A little widow from England. He's like mm-hmm. one of Dean's buddies. Okay. He came. He rode on that trip. It was really fun. Gentry. Gentry Dayton. Um, but it's like East Coast guys, like totally different. It's totally different. Totally different crew. And then uh, Keo and I rode to Bonneville one year oh, fun. to see the races. Yeah, uh, it's really hot in here, and my eyes. I think whatever I put on my face today you is rub, burning in my eyes. eyes. It reminded me how fucking burning my eyes were once we got onto the salt flats. Oh yeah. Oh my god, have you ever been there? Oh yeah, dude. I it's sp- super gnarly. I shot a um Your eyes are burning the entire time. Oh yeah. I shot a I shot a um pilot for a show I was trying to sell that was all about land speed racing. Nice. So I spent like four weeks out there shooting speed week, all of speed week, stayed, shot bub, which was like the motorcycle only races. Nice. It yeah. was it was amazing though. Uh, yeah, Keo that year was like, I'm gonna come back and race. I'm like, What? He's like, I'm gonna come back and race. Like, and that's no what way. did it? Yeah. It, yeah, and then from there, yeah. So we went um, L.A. to Vegas, Vegas to Salt Lake, and then hung out with a couple of Salt Lake crew. Um, I like Salt Lake. Yeah, we went to like SD Pizza with uh, um, Brooke. Uh-huh. Shout out to Brooke. That's good pizza. Too. Yeah, and then uh, Pangea. I think that he rode out with us. I think that scene is really going to be something soon. Like I've I've been down there recently. I love Utah. I mean, I do too. Growing up as a kid, I was like snowboarder. You know, I was like, yeah gonna be my life i was like colorado or utah yeah yeah. riding through up through vale pass over into denver is really beautiful too yeah that's and i did that to new york yeah the traffic over that pass sucks now dude we got it was snowing and then it was raining and then it was hailing downhill in the dark (laughs) going through those tunnels (laughs) big rigs flying past you just water waves super gnarly i've definitely bogged down going up and over that it's it's just so high it's like twelve thousand feet yeah but I think Utah has an amazing little little crew and um, scene that's developing there. Jason and I just stopped through there twice on this last cross-country trip we did. Yeah, a couple of people have moved there, too, from out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cost of living is great, and you just any, any fucking direction you pick is beautiful yeah. to ride out there. Yeah, it's really sick out there. Oh, so, so from Bonneville, I think it's called the 95. It took the 95 all the way down. Which then kicks you on the 15, oh, just north of the speedway in Vegas. The 95 or the 93? I don't know. But there's one little hotel, maybe halfway down, that we stayed at. It was really sick. That was actually the scariest time on a bike, 
rabbit central yeah. at night. Yeah. Just d- literally, we were going like 30 and 40 at times, just like, because you know, one of those fuckers gets under your front wheel, like you're going down. Yeah. They, they were just in. popping out left and right. I like, killed about five this year out here. Out here? Yeah. Does it get sketchy when you hit them? It, there's technique. If you would hit one in a corner, it could easily take you down. Yeah. But head on, they're not a huge consequence. You feel bad. I know. Eric, I've, hit, I've hit a couple in cars out here. Eric hit a coyote. Recently on a bike? Yeah. No. And he was fine. Oh. I would think a coyote could take you down pretty quick. Coyote could take you down. I mean, that's hitting a dog. Yeah. I haven't seen many coyotes right like recently. You know what? I haven't either. I think they come out beginning of fall or we have some good mountain lions in the area yeah <laughs> i haven't seen many lately you know i've been pissing around my yard that's actually so i saw that, one in your yard last week what are you talking about i, I mean saw but one. honestly i've probably seen like five yeah. since winter and when they, normally it's every day and they party pretty hard like you hear them i haven't heard a lot of them. i haven't heard a lot of them that's true we may have some big predators around or something maybe they're eating the uh the sick, sick rabbits. rabbits. That could be. Huh. Then maybe they have COVID. Maybe they've got the fucking Roni. They got this. Maybe they're the ascending. Coyote Roni. Did you know if you incarnate to be a dog? Well, if you are a dog in one of your past lives, you only transcend into the next form of a being. You can't be a human and as a soul go back to being a dog. I, that makes sense after that book. Many, many masters because people, souls reincarnate together, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, yeah. And so these groupings of people would recognize each other from different lives. The battery might die. If it does, we're sorry. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, we'll should we? Talking. We'll keep talking. Well, the. So. What's it called? Master of. Many masters. Many masters. And, and. This woman, it's an account of this woman's past life therapy. And she came back hundreds of times as different people throughout, uh, you know, a very long timeline. Brian Weiss. Brian, that's who you were trying to Is remember. Is that the book? Many Masters? Yes, Brian yes, Weiss. yes, that's right. Yeah. He's a... Psychotherapist. Psychotherapist, yeah. And um, she would recognize someone in a in a life that she was reliving in a, in a in a therapy session as someone a different person from you know another session and she'd be like oh that was my son in another life and now he's my grandfather or, mm. or my yeah, right. best friend or whatever so these these groupings of souls reincarnate together um carly's last reading from the woman and from the last podcast that came and gave me a kind of gift of a reading after a sound bath, she gave Carly a reading and said that Carly, Echo, and I were sisters in a past life, hmm. maybe our last past life, and that Carly was the youngest, Echo was the oldest, and I was the middle. How about that? Yeah. And that now we reincarnated again together. You should get one of these readings. What are they called again? Well, there's a couple, you know. Akash, Akashic record reading. Akashic. This girl is more of a of a clairvoyant. 
um, in a channel. So um, before she started doing it for people, I don't know how, but since the age of 18 to 27, she worked for the FBI in forensic as a clairvoyant. Wow. And um, reading into these cases. I would try um, it. So there's some ways that uh, the government actually does get a hold of these people that are highly psychic and clairvoyant. There was actually a, a New York Times about the psychic children in 1986 in China. There was like thousands of them. They were all talking about their past lives and things that had actually happened at like the age of like three, four, five, six years old. It's also a kid who's probably like 20 now, this Russian kid, that at the age of four to like eight was talking about his life on Mars. And they'd go into these warehouses through these doors and these rooms and go into like these chambers and like plug in. I have a vivid memory. Really? As a kid, as really, really young. And somebody asked me something about what I wanted to be, like when I grew up. And I told them, I died. I remember answering them. And I, they said, do you, do you want to do this someday or that someday? And I said, I already did that. Really? Yeah. I already did that in another life. I said that. How old were you? It's one of my first memories, dude. Crazy. It's one of the first ones that I remember. So that's kind of weird. But I, and I do, and I remember believing it too. Uh, I was, and I, I kind of didn't quite understand what I had told them, yeah, yeah. you know, in a, in a response, but I didn't say yes. And I didn't say no. I said I had already done that in another life. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It's a mystical, magical place and gift to live this life and be able to ride through this world <laughs> i mean we're all looking for Yo, we something. gotta get everyone on here we're going to we gotta this get like ratty we gotta blue get podcast 3g nug we gotta get Owlboy. we gotta get snake there's a lot of people that are gonna be coming through here it's coming guys buckle and up. you know what we could do is like we could ride to people that's my plan i mean more you than me you're coming I'm with me. I'm a little me. more grounded. I'm going to come as much as I can. And we're getting a sidecar <laughs> yeah. and another sidecar. So you yeah. can take both your babies on each side of you. <laughs> Down off car, just being the whip, following. This is why we live here, though. We're like, we're You know, we could do this anywhere, too. Oh, I get that. Yeah. We're here on the dry lake bed. I, I'm, part of the story is the ride out to go see someone. Yeah. Just like part of our story today has been the ride we just went on. Yeah. I want that to be a part of this podcast. But also we live in a place that people travel from all over the world to come ride a bike here. Uh-huh. This, is, this is like a global target for motor. It's like living in the lift line at a ski resort. Like you live at the bottom of it. Yeah, right, right. That's where we live. Yeah. And I think, you know, the more we do this, sadly, the more people are going to maybe move. Not everyone can move out here and make a living out here, but people will ride out here. Sure. And we can get something going. Nash does a little ride out here. He gets a bunch yeah. of people, but it'd be cool to have, you know, dynamite Joe or grand we'll, or we'll, we'll get it going. This is the start of it. This, I hope everyone that this puts uh, some wind in your sails, so to speak. And, um, some rubber on your tires to ride do some riding yeah wear them tires out wear them out buy a new burn set. some gas they don't do any good just sitting in your garage i mean this is really just about sharing and inspiring people to go create memories i'm just trying to figure out what happens when you die <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> i got a little something that i can give you a preview of 
What was that? <laughs> Ask Nick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll wait for his podcast. Yeah. yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. That's, um. well, you had a really good out-of-body experience to share. Yeah. My friend Brian, his father-in-law, and Shay, his wife, and this is her, her dad, died several times and was, and I don't want to say this wrong, but was dead for more than 20 minutes. Wow. And came back. So through psychedelic experiences, I would say I've died probably seven times, like full. Were you scared? Uh, sh- at times. Rolling, rolling. So sorry, everyone. Strike two on my part. I ran this thing out of batteries again. I promise to get better at that. <laughs> so Austin, let's wrap this thing up, man. We've I could talk to you all day, but uh, tell me. Tell me what you got going on. I know you got another endeavor starting. Yeah, uh, working on a ramen company. Tell me more. It's called Shaman Ramen. It actually started on DVR. Um, <clears throat> and it's basically the most lit cup noodle you can get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up eating ramen. It's my favorite food. It's my wife's favorite food. I think a lot of people grew up eating ramen and uh i love ramen you didn't bring me any i didn't bring you i've brought you some you did actually i'm going friday to uh the production facility where it's getting the final copac so we're close then we're really close that's exciting man where where can people find it when it's out um well so far the exclusive launch hopefully might be saying it too soon but i'm pretty confident in it Erwan. Okay. We're going to do an exclusive launch with them for November. Um, direct through our website. So you can get, uh, it's a little difficult kind of figuring out how to ship all these things. And, and I'm sure and, food is challenging. Well, it's just like the production line. And, the, and we're, so we're launching with two flavors, but um, they're packing them, you know, one flavor at a time. So they put six cups in one box. Um, and just continue to run it like that. So we're going to offer three of each flavor in one box. So, you know, at one point they have to split the box, pick it, pack it, redo it. So you can get three and three and then uh, six of one. Okay. And that's come to air one. When air you- one in November, hopefully. And then, you know, got a lot of other things lined up, other stores, retailers across the U.S. Um, but yeah, try and just keep it real AI direct to consumer online um, 3PL service that'll pick and pack it that's exciting man yeah so it's superfood actually it's adaptogenic superfood ramen gluten free vegan soy free um, cruelty free cruelty free non-binary yeah yeah okay so it's uh, I'm excited man it's healthy yeah, well, we could all use a little more of that. Yeah, it's been a long journey, so it's... It sure has. Yeah, I mean, I'm just at the point where I'm like, just let's hurry up. Well, thank you, Austin, for coming out. And uh, Shaman Ramen coming soon. I'll make sure people can find it where it will be. Yeah, it'll be uh, shamanfoods.life. Shaman's food, shamanfoods.life. Yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah. All right, everybody. So long. Thank you. Peace. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode one. Please go to my website to see any of the videos that Austin and I reference in this episode. 
And you can also go to my store and find a signed copy of my book or some prints if you're interested in art. And I'll have some products coming soon from Telesyn that we have collaborated on, including a top secret winter riding jacket, spoiler alert, that I'm very excited about. We're just waiting on the sample. So that's coming soon. Stay tuned for episode two. Thanks again.